In the previous episodes, we have been looking at the myth of Theseus and how it reflects the perilous state we are in so long as we do not reckon with our minotaur, with the inner voices that keep us captive. But there is another aspect to this myth which is also vital to the restoration of personal sovereignty. Before Theseus descends into the labyrinth, Ariadne, who has fallen in love with him, gives him a ball of golden twine, instructing him to unwind the thread as he goes along so that he can follow it back out of this treacherous maze. She hopes this will ensure his return. The golden thread in this myth reminds us that the quest unfolds in a labyrinth, and that while slaying the Minotaur is the object, the quest is pointless if we cannot find our way home. The labyrinth in question is the unknown, uncharted reality we enter as soon as we begin to challenge our conditioning. Our upbringing, our education, and cultural imprinting have given us the tools we need to function in the illusion of the separated self. But they have not prepared us for what we find as we begin to awaken from that dream. The landscape we find as awareness dawns is baffling, lacking the familiar orientations and coordinates through which we usually find our way. The polarities we have depended on are useless here. There are no signs pointing toward right or wrong, no roads marked good or bad, no way to know cause from effect. It's a labyrinth. But it is not unpassable. The difference between a labyrinth and inscrutable chaos is that the labyrinth has a structure difficult to detect though it may be, connecting the way in to the way out. In principle, given enough time and effort, one could fathom the structure of the maze and map how to get from point A to point Z and back. But Ariadne's gift suggests that rather than tempt fate, we should just make sure we can get in and out and the breadcrumbs method of leaving a trail we can follow back is the simplest way to do that. The labyrinth represents the tangle of difficulties we encounter when we choose freedom over blind enslavement. For example, right from the outset, there is the thorny question of who exactly is it that is choosing freedom? How can a blind slave choose anything? And if we don't know who is supposedly making this choice, how do we know whom to follow? Like this, the labyrinth is full of twists and turns, conundrums and phantoms masquerading as truth. The further we travel in that war and the murkier that world seems to become and the greater our need for the golden thread, a navigation system outside of ourselves. What is the golden thread? 
To understand in practical terms how it works, we should first bring the perils of the labyrinth into sharper focus. On the journey to realization, we are likely to be assailed by at least three relentless opponents. Doubt, fear, and errors in judgment. Unlike other known nafs, the limiting gestures of ego we are familiar with, these hazards are especially dangerous because their assertion that their only concern is our best interest can be quite convincing. Doubt is often the first pull we feel back toward the safety of the status quo. It may be that the more intelligent, or at least the more informed we are, the more susceptible we will be to the bungee cords of doubt yanking us back from full flight by their well-reasoned arguments. It's hard to dispute the internal voice that says, what makes you think that your vague notions of personal freedom are more reliable than the facts of personal limitation you have experienced your entire life? Or, if the supposed spiritual realization were real and something to be avidly pursued, why is it a secret? Why isn't everyone after it the way we are all after love, success, and so on? Or, aren't you just trying to escape your unfulfilling life? Aren't you just avoiding the hard work of getting your real life sorted out? If these voices don't drive you back to slumberland, they will likely paralyze you, stopping you dead in your tracks. By pulling on the golden thread, in this instance, let's call it the golden rope, you can get yourself back up on your feet and start moving forward again. Fear is another powerful headwind. Because it shows up in the body as well as in the mind, it activates primordial fight-or-flight energies, reactivity, and confusion. Sometimes, fear arises from the thought that following such an irrational path can only lead to insanity. That believing we are enslaved by a hidden ego will only destabilize us. If it's true... How horrifying is that? If it's not true, are we then being delusional? Often the fear is that if we continue into the labyrinth of liberation, we will lose ourselves, lose our connection to the world we know. And that by renouncing everything we have been taught about our separateness, we risk being ostracized by our families and social circles. The courage we need to counter these voices is not mere bravado, not whistling past the graveyard bravery. The fearlessness of the warrior comes from a current of faith that transforms terror from a disabling toxin to a source of awareness. That current is transmitted when we touch the golden thread 
In this instance, let's call it the golden wire. Finally, errors in judgment can thwart our progress, getting us lost in the labyrinth. The journey to self-realization could be seen as a series of decision points. Turn left or right, study this book or that, take on this practice or that, follow the teacher who is easy to get along with or the one who challenges our comfort zones. In theory, every turn we take after one wrong turn will lead us that much farther away from our objective. Yet, we lack the discernment we need to make sound judgments in the unfamiliar darkness of the labyrinth. If we rely on our habitual decision-making methods, we are just as likely to make a senseless choice as a sensible one. The solution is to keep tugging on the golden thread. In this instance, let's call it a golden string. Of course, we still need to feel and think our way through the labyrinth, even though we will likely make errors in judgment. But we can always follow the spring back to wherever we might have lost the track. So what is this golden thread? The simple answer is, the gift of love. Ariadne gave it to Theseus so that her beloved would return to her no matter how bewildering his quest became. Love is the reliable compass for our journey home. The theme of love as the guiding principle of life is found over and over again in the teachings of Christ. The great Sufi poet Rumi wrote, Love is the astrolabe of the mysteries of God. Even the Beatles, in their pop-prophetic way, told us that there's nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be. It's easy. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Love is the reliable rope we can pull on to get back on our feet. It's the current through which we connect to the guidance of faith and the goodness of knowing all is ultimately well. It's the string we can ravel back to the moment when our vision was clouded, our hearts confused, and we wandered away from the track of who we truly are. But these are only images of the golden thread. If we would know what it actually is in material terms, in this instance, let's call it the golden nerve, running from the base of your spine to the tippy-top of your head. The channel of light connecting heaven and earth in our bodies. The source and sustenance of our existence. In the myth of Theseus, if he had not been given the gift of love, he would not have found his way out of the darkness. Does this mean that it's unadvisable to enter the labyrinth 
if we are not accompanied by love? Yes, that's exactly what it means.